Welcome to FraserCast, a place where we discuss all things autism, mental health, and special needs. The sponsor for today's episode is U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank is the presenting sponsor for the 2020 Fraser Annual Benefit, coming to you virtually on October 24th from the comfort of your own home. Fraser and U.S. Bank are excited to invite you into a land of wonder and adventure as we explore the upside-down world of Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. We promise to delight you while we share stories of the amazing children, teens, adults, and families that you support. The best way to explain it is to do it. For more information on how you can join in on this adventure, visit www.fraser.org for more information. Today we welcome Kim Hicks and Nicole Burning, two autism professionals from the Minnesota Department of Human Services, who are here to share some fantastic resources available for the autism community. Welcome, Kim and Nicole. So let's start at the top, Kim and Nicole, and please tell us a little bit about the uh, Minnesota Autism Resource Portal. Yeah, so the Minnesota Autism Resource Portal was really created in response to parents and caregivers of children with autism expressing the need for a comprehensive, trusted resource available for community members to be able to go to and find services and supports for uh, their child with autism really across their lifespan. Um, so often a family after receiving a diagnosis, they may be searching online, um, be receiving information from other professionals and you know they're just not sure, can I trust this resource? Is this accurate? How do I decide what's gonna be right for my child and my family? So um, it, was, it was decided that all of the state agencies would come together and create this online uh, portal resource for families to be able to, to access that information. So this was a interagency collaboration with the Departments of um, Education and the Department of Health and the Department of Employment and Economic Development, um, as well as the University of Minnesota Institute on Community Integration. And so it has a lot of really great resources that are available and should be able to find, you know, something to answer your question um, and decide what you, what's gonna be best for your child to access. So is this site primarily focused toward the parent, the caregiver, or are there other resources for other individuals involved? So the best part about the website is that it's really set up to work for anyone. It was brought to, to fruition because of parents and caregivers who said, we need, we need something where we can find the information. But as it's morphed, it really works for youth and young adults with autism and adults with autism. There's resources on there for them. There's also resources for case managers and um, doctors and other paraprofessionals. There's, there's also resources for teachers and other community members who are just want to learn more. So it's really geared to be a public website that anyone can find that they're looking for. So let's talk a little bit more about the resources. Are these is this like a portal or a, a you are a site that provides links to deeper resources or do you actually have materials there that will benefit me as a parent, as a teacher? Are there course materials? Are there strategies for me as a caregiver? That sort of thing. What are these resources like? Yeah, so it is it, the nature of a portal. It is bringing in all of the information from other sites. Um, so we do provide some just direct information so that you can go on and learn a little bit more about, you know, maybe the signs and symptoms of autism. You can learn about how to get your child screened or evaluated for a diagnosis of autism. Um, and then it goes into a lot of 
some of the basic needs resources that a family might need. We have also a lot of training resources. So you spoke about those strategies, learning different strategies. So we have um, some online trainings that are available for families on the website. So really, I mean, it, it has a lot of the information and it's broken down a lot about what type of resource you're looking for. So if you're, if you're going there and you can type in, you know, just a, a question, or if you think I've heard of this resource, I have heard another family is accessing this, you know, it should be fairly easy to navigate and go through and be able to find the type of resource that you're looking for. So if I'm a parent and I just received a diagnosis from one of my children of autism, is this my go-to site? Is this where I start? My head's spinning. I don't know what's going on. Uh, is this where I begin? Yes, that's what we would recommend. We know this can be fairly overwhelming for a family with a new diagnosis. And so we do hope that the content is is comprehensive and there's there's enough but it's also hopefully not overwhelming or um, offering things that you might not need so there are um, stages what we have created a new resource is actually called the next steps um, and it is for a family that has just received that diagnosis and now kind of what are those very few next steps that you need to take so what's going to be really critical um, and we really recommend that a family is getting access through the healthcare side of things. So talking with your doctor about, you know, what specialists might be best to, to meet with your child. So if that might be a physical therapist, um, maybe a gastroenterologist, maybe someone that has a child that they're having, you know, dietary needs, um, a sleep specialist, any of those types of doctors through, through that healthcare side. And then we also recommend that your going to your county or tribal agency and, and they can help answer questions about accessing healthcare coverage, a lot of the early intervention resources. Um, so the early intensive developmental and behavioral intervention or the EIDBI benefit um, is a great resource um, for any child's birth up to age 21 to be accessing um, with an autism diagnosis. Um, and then that, that third component is really the education um, component. And for a child birth to five, that would be accessing that Help Me Grow um, Minnesota resource. So you can go online or give them a call and they will come out and do a free evaluation for your child. Um, they don't even need the diagnosis yet. Um, and, and services can usually get started within 30 to 45 days for a family. And so. Um, so really, there's, there's a really comprehensive set of, of resources across a variety of different areas that, that can help families. Yeah, I would say that's a very impressive set of resources. And do I get the sense that this portal goes beyond um, a listing of resources that I would, as a parent, use proactively on my side, but I develop a, a relationship with a human being and uh, I can get some counsel along the way that goes beyond what's on the website? Yeah, Kim, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe the case management piece and the healthcare coverage? Yeah, so the website itself has a, a worksheet on it, a, the next steps document that Nicole was referencing where you can keep track of who you talk to in each of these three areas so that as a parent, you know who to reference back to. Because one of the things that's so challenging is you don't always remember who you talk to. I know I talked to somebody at the school district, or I know I talked to somebody at the county, but this um, this form has a place where you can write down who you spoke to, so you can go back and circle. 
The other thing that, um, you know, usually comes up pretty quickly is needing that health care coverage. People, people aren't sure if they're going to need additional health care coverage in addition to their private insurance or maybe they're currently uninsured. So starting that journey with the, your county or tribal agency or, or using the Minsure website to start exploring those options. In Minnesota, we're so lucky to have the TEFRA option, which is the option for families for children with disabilities to buy into Minnesota Medicaid to get those extra supports and services. And the portal website does have um, the link to TEFRA and the process is outlined on there along with links to some trusted advocacy organizations that can help families navigate that process and get connected to, to other supports that can help navigate. Some families have a case manager already or they need one through their county or tribal agency. Others may choose to utilize some of those advocacy supports. And so the portal links to those and has great resources on there to help families know what all of these weird acronyms are because it's so very confusing. Yeah, that wonderful resource. But let's before we go further, let's mention this URL. Someone want to yes. sound it up? So the website's found at mn.gov forward slash autism. Okay, great. Thank you. We'll repeat that again. Definitely, yeah, Google the Minnesota Autism Resource Portal. Fantastic, fantastic. So let's circle back to the parent, and let's say I'm a parent and I have a child. I'm not quite sure if something's maybe. Uh, different about my child, maybe I have some concerns. I don't have a diagnosis yet. Um, how about for that type of parent, that type of situation? What's my next step? Yeah, so on the resource portal, we have a section called about autism. And, and under that, you'll find where we have the signs and symptoms and some of that screening and identification information. Um, so we have um, what you'll see is a, we call it the first steps document and it really lays out what are some of those important developmental milestones that the child should be achieving between that birth and, and about age two because we know that autism can be identified as early as that 18 to 24 month range and access to that early intervention is, is so key and so important to really set the child up uh, to be able to achieve their best outcome. So. Um, so we really want parents to be able to, to have a resource where they can go to and say, you know, is this, is this typical? Is this something that I should be concerned about? And in really being able to take that information then back to your doctor and say, you know, I, I think something's just not quite right. And, um, and as you know, with, with a parent, you know your child best. And so we always just recommend that you trust your gut, trust your instincts, and if you think that something's not right, that you do push to to get access to those other resources and supports that are out there. Nicole, you mentioned early intervention and the importance, but of course, children grow old, they become adolescents and uh, teens and so on and so forth. Uh, what do you provide for children as they age? That's such a great question. Um, we've actually created on the portal a transition and employment section that kind of walks families and, and young adults through post-secondary education and what kind of supports can I get there and what laws protect me and independent living options and vocational services and employment services and how do I, how do I access them and what kind of funding do I need to get them if I need them. Um, transition services is, is huge and it's broad. Um, it should start early at age 14 but sometimes we don't start thinking about transition until we're right up on it. You know, the amount of times that I talk to parents who are like, I, I don't know, junior year snuck up on me. 
Um, and I know that's happened in our lives as parents. And so suddenly mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, we're how old? Wait, hold on. Um, And so really getting that collaboration started, bringing in vocational rehab services. So vocational rehab services falls under the umbrella of of the Department of Economic and Employment Development in Minnesota. And they really are the vocational experts for people with a variety of different um, abilities. So inviting them in getting to know them. And on the portal, there's a link to every, to the Voc Rehab website that shows every vocational counselor in every high school in Minnesota. So as a parent, you can reach out to the person that's supposed to be involved without having to go through anybody else. You can invite them to an IEP meeting. You can start a dialogue to really make sure that that IEP plan is is person-centered and is looking towards those long-term goals for that child, that family, and what are their strengths building off those strengths to form independent and, and vocational goals, not focusing on what hasn't worked, but focus on what does, what are they passionate about? Um, and really working towards learning those, those problem solving skills and gaining independence and learning how to make choices and learning how to work in a work setting, whatever that setting may be, right? We've all right. learned real quickly here with COVID-19 that work settings are, are flexible. We work right. in different places now than we used to. And so, just making sure that that folks have, young adults have what they need to be successful in whatever environment's going to work for them and have the right supports and know what kind of supports they're going to need and how to get the funding for them if they're going to need that. That's a great point. And let's talk a little bit more about the current situation, COVID, if, you, if we may. Uh, and, and maybe, Nicole and Kim, you have a particular story. These are great, broad examples of uh, how the portal works and, and the services that schools and counselors, et cetera, provide. But do you have a story about a particular family, a child, and a transition that was made, say, from you know, early teens to later teens to getting a job uh, that perhaps you can share with us? So there's so many individual stories. Um, because Nicole and I work kind of broader at DHS, we unfortunately don't frequently get to hear all the things. Um, but we have heard, you know, I, I've worked with all kinds of families over the years, as has Nicole, that by blending and braiding of all of these different services, they successfully complete transition programs at high school, um, go on to, to post-secondary. Um, I have a, a young man that I, I just ran into. I haven't seen him for years. And, um, you know, I started working with him when he was a senior in high school and he completed, completed high school, got some some post-secondary training at a, at a local community college, worked with vocational rehab to learn some skills and, and successfully became employed, finished a degree program and owns his own condo and is working full-time, enjoying wow. what he's doing with his life. And, and um, the, the amount of supports that people need varies. Some people need very little. Some people just need a little bit of support from vocational rehab to kind of figure out that employment plan and get started down that path. Um, other people may need longer ongoing job supports, and that's where those waiver funds and those min choice assessments can come into play. The other thing that I think is important for us to make sure that we people can connect with is those those peer to peer supports, those advocacy groups. Um, awesome has some great adult support groups that can help young adults and adults make connections with other people in the community that that may know of other resources or be able to share, hey, this really worked well for me. Maybe you wanna try that or find mutual interests. And 
when parents are looking for that peer-to-peer support, we have some wonderful organizations in this community that can help do that. Some of our, our advocacy organizations and other social organizations spread throughout Minnesota. There's the larger ones like Family Voices and Awesome and ARC and PACER, but then individual communities have small small groups too, where you can learn about those resources in your local community. So I always encourage families um, to take a look at who's in your community and who who knows what's going on in your community and, and who can be a resource for you, maybe somebody who's a few years ahead of you in their journey. And a number of them have been able at this time to really pivot and provide these like social skills groups and some of these camps and, and even are sending out like sensory kits to families you know, so they, they have been able to pivot to more of a virtual format during this time of COVID and really still getting those resources out. So as Kim said, feel free to, to go to the website and look up some of those advocacy and, and support group organizations. And really for anyone of any age, I think we try and stress, I think sometimes there's this perception that voc rehab is for only kids in high school, but really they can have counselors that will help support you as an adult. You know, maybe you were in employment and something is not working out anymore, especially right now where we're all shifting a lot with, with the work environment. And so they may need some, some little extra support and so that you can call and, and get a counselor to help walk you through this and kind of determine maybe what are some good next steps or what's a new job that you might feel more comfortable trying out. So Nicole, you, you, uh, you, uh, suggested the next question of course which, which is we're working our way up up through this uh, growth of a, a child into an adolescent into an adult so let's talk a little bit more about the services for adults um, that's provided on the portal and through other similar resources and you touched on it already if there's more to add please do yeah so one of the things I would say is really helpful for adults is to take a look at getting a min choices assessment and a min choices assessment is administered by the counties and tribes. You just call your county and say, I'd like a min choices assessment. And a min choice assessment is available to all Minnesotans at any time. You don't have to be on Medicaid already. You don't have to have done any of those steps. If you're just not sure what might work for you, it's a really good first place to start a conversation. And they are, um, there are some waivers right now with those to help make it easier to get them done in this challenging time. And from that min choices assessment, a min choice assessor can talk to you about what you might be eligible for, what you're not eligible for, what, what maybe you might want to explore both within um, Minnesota programs, but also community-based programs that they may know about, that they can have some conversations. And you can talk through that assessment. Folks learn about independent living options or employment supports or behavioral health services, maybe if you're looking for some of those things. You can have a wider conversation about um, home and community-based supports and waiver services that can help fund some of those more extensive services if you need them, like job exploration and development and things of that nature. But again, I really, you know, one of the things that I we hear over and over again from, from families and from um, young adults and from adults is that support that they get from other peers and other families has been so, so helpful. And so... <clears throat> On the portal, there's a tab about support and advocacy, and it really is just a wonderful place to try to find those connections within your local communities. Um, because we do, we, we all need that, that connection, particularly right now. Yeah, so two questions about follow-ups on the Min Choices Assessment. One, can we take that online? And secondly, would that be something I might take a second or a third time as I grow and learn and develop, or I wanna get a reassessment? 
Um, so the, the min choices is done by the local counties and tribes. And so they administer them right now through the COVID waiver. Some of it is being done virtually, mm-hmm. um, but it's not, it's actually a face. Well, was a face-to-face. Now it's a virtual sometimes, depending on the situation, um, meeting with a, a trained min choice assessor. And those can happen. Um, if you're receiving programs, they happen yearly. They can happen more frequently. Um, sometimes people will waive them if they're not receiving, you know, services until they want another one, but they, they can be very, very helpful in kind of defining. And the other thing that sometimes people find helpful is using the disability hub so the Disability Hub MN is a website, but it's also a phone number where trained uh, navigators can help walk you through all these different things and what's maybe my next step. And that program is so wonderful. And the folks that run it, um, that answer the calls, I shouldn't say run it, but the folks that answer the calls are so informed and they can help you if you're feeling overwhelmed about what's next, they can help you kind of navigate that. They can talk to you about all these different benefits and possible supports and talk through through some of the steps. And the website itself has some really cool features with employment calculators to try to figure out like if I'm on benefits and I want to get a job, how will that affect things? And um, all that information is out there. They've got some housing links to figure out some of those different things. They have a vault, which is the vault is super cool. There's a vault where you can store all of your um, important documents and then you can send permission to of the vault to different providers in your life so you don't have to keep running copies of everything you can just send the link to so and so if they need copies and different things so those are some other wonderful resources that particularly adults who are trying to navigate this system or or young adults who are transitioning in might find helpful that's great thank you Uh, it occurred to me as listening to both of you uh that people in outstate minnesota greater minnesota whatever you want to call it smaller towns may face more challenges than others who live in larger communities where there are more, are more services. Can you speak to that issue of families in, in rural Minnesota and how they can, and, and the website has obviously the answer, I suppose, but uh, they must have other challenges in a smaller community than um, perhaps families in, in larger communities do not face. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I will speak to our benefit, the EIDBI benefit specifically, that about half of our providers are located outside the metro. So a number of them are in outstate Minnesota. So I I think, as you said, there is a perception that a lot of times, you know, there are no resources here. We don't have providers in our area. But I think that 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 services really are growing. and, And that's something that we're very conscious of, of trying to recruit additional providers, make sure that families have access anywhere in the state and and really be thinking about um, that now that we do have a lot of these telehealth options that families are getting connected through the internet and and being able to have either a virtual phone call or conduct that evaluation so really that being in outstate Minnesota should not have to be a barrier um, that families are facing you know it certainly is, is presents unique challenges but I think any family is going to have you know, their own unique set of challenges. And so that's where we're really here to just try and, and support each family with their own individual needs, whatever that might be. So whatever you need access to, you know, how can we, how can we help with that? And I think we have an area on the portal that offers a chance for families. And if, if you have feedback for us, if you have a resource that you'd like to add to the website, you have just a general question, if you're not finding what you're looking for and you need some additional support, um, there's a contact us 
uh, down at the bottom of the, the website there and you can fill out that form and get in touch with us directly. And we're, we're always happy to help field any of those other additional concerns that families have. Fantastic. Say, Kim, uh, oh. I'm going to interrupt you because I want to come back. You mentioned a, a very cool phone line before, and I should have asked you what that phone number is. And I'm putting you on the spot right now. You, you are. You are putting me on the spot, but that's okay. I was going to actually share that number. And then I was also going to just mention that um, any of those county resources that are available are available in all 87 counties and with our tribal nations as well. And so no matter where you live in Minnesota, you can access those those county services. What's available in your county may may vary slightly, but really starting with that that call to the, your local county or tribal agency can be helpful. So the Disability Hubs number is 1-866-333-2466. And also on the website, which I forgot to mention before, is they have this cool chat feature. So if you're like me and would prefer to not talk to someone in person, you can actually chat live with them during their business hours and get your questions answered that way as well. Fantastic, great. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the portal. Uh, is, are there like trainings on their webinars or whatever the case might be? I can learn more about autism. Yeah, so we do have several training opportunities. Um, we have one, so there is a training section under that about autism. And one is called the ASD Strategies and Action Training. Um, it's up to 40 hours of online training for anyone in the state of Minnesota to take for free. And it has very, very practical strategies for, um, say, parents, grandparents, siblings, aunts, uncles, just anyone in a child's life, or um, it actually is broken into toddler, school age, and then transition age. So really, you know, any stage of, of an individual's life that you're in, you're able to find more information and resources and just learn a little bit more about what is autism and, and what to kind of expect. Um, so that's that is a great resource. We highly recommend that. And again, it's, it's free to anyone. You can contact us or we do have um, an ASD email inbox. That's asd.dhs at state.mn.us. And we'll send you out a free subscription to that training. Um, we do also offer a number of just webinars and different meetings for stakeholders in the community kind of based on what are some of the needs that are going on? Um, and for that, we, we do try and advertise those on the website under the latest news section. So I would just keep checking back back there for other resources. We also have a number of different e-lists that you can sign up for just to submit your, your email address and you'll get updates from the Department of Human Services too. So. Great, boy, it, you guys have been really uh, uh, great today. Lots of information. Um, one final question, how do you work with uh, providers, health organ healthcare organizations like Fraser and others? Yeah, so Fraser is one of our partners as an, as an EIDBI provider. I mean, they obviously provide many other services as well, but that's how our team specifically works um, very, very closely with Fraser. They're also sit on our advisory group um, that we have for the benefit. And yeah, so they they provide those direct early intervention services for families. So there's certainly one that are, are doing those evaluations, providing the early intervention um, to children and youth and young adults. And yeah. 
Well, it's called the Fraser Podcast. You didn't think I was going to get through this. <laughs> Anything further to add, Kim, Nicole? I just want to say thank you so much for having us. I, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to share resources with, with families and with other professionals that maybe just aren't aware of all the different things that might be available. And what's right for one family and one person may not be the same thing for every family, but making sure every family knows what they might be able to access is really creating opportunities and equity across the state, which is what we want to do. So many times we hear from, from young adults and adults and, and families that that peer-to-peer -peer support and, and accessing those, those advocacy organizations can be so helpful. And, and Frazier here in Minnesota provides a lot of those supports and resources for families, but we have other organizations that do that as well and specialize in different pieces and components um, like PACER and ARC and Awesome and um, Family Voices and so many, so many wonderful um, organizations. But in, in greater Minnesota, there are smaller parent-run support groups and other things as well that might be of interest. So on the website, there's an advocacy and support group tab to help you figure out what resources might be available in your community. Fantastic. So thank you, Kim and Nicole, for being here today. For more information on these fantastic resources, please visit mn.gov forward slash autism, or you can dial 866-333-2466 for more information. We also want to thank U.S. Bank for sponsoring this episode and for supporting the 2020 virtual benefit on October 24th. Make sure to visit www.fraser.org. That's www.fraser.org for more details. This is sure to be a virtual event you do not want to miss. Thank you for listening and stay well.